Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports. Conversations throughout the world of sports with experts, occasional conversations with myself. That's what today is. We are talking, or I'm giving some thoughts on the recent Olympics uh, and the Team USA coming away with the gold after it looked like there might be be some struggles or at least there were some concerns from people who weren't watching too closely about knowing what was truly happening and in preparing for the olympics and understanding the style of game and the efforts that was going to go into winning a gold medal in a in a unique setting in tokyo with no fans uh with a very different setting for um, what a normal Olympics would be in a very different setting and style of game of what uh, the players on Team USA are used to. So I get asked the question all the time, you know, what is the what are some of the differences between FIBA or international basketball and the NBA? And there's maybe seven or eight rules that are really different. I mean, simple ones like, like playing time. So the game in an NBA is four 12-minute quarters. The NCAA is two 20-minute halves. Well, in FIBA, it's four 10-minute quarters, just like women's college basketball. Um, And with that, uh, you also have uh, resets of fouls to get you into um, the bonus to shoot free throws. You've got um, a playing time conundrum at times i'm sure for coaches um to manage minutes or get guys minutes because especially at the nba level guys are used to playing a certain amount of minutes but then when you shrink it down into a fiba game uh the minutes are 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 less and it, it can mess with guys minds or um approach just a little bit when you see the amount of minutes and maybe the production that you're used to seeing on an nba floor and think of points per game or rebounds or opportunities, um, it just changes in the FIBA game. Not to mention you're playing with other guys who are the best or one of the best on their team and the best in the country. So playing time's a big one. Shot clock is 24 seconds, um, just as it is in the NBA. And personal side note, I, I really wish the NCAA 
would move their shot clock to 24 seconds. And on that, I wish that high school basketball, and I know this is a whole uh, topic that's been discussed at length um, for a number of years, just to even get a shot clock mandatory at high school has some legs it hasn't happened yet but if it could be a 24 second shot clock that would be great Um, kids in europe grow up playing that way it gets you to think the game faster it makes you rely on um understanding of of concepts and philosophies that uh, maybe your coach has implemented and you got to get into your offense quicker um a couple other ones that are that are easy quick um Similarities, well, not necessarily similarities, but quick differences. Sorry, uh, the three-point line, the FIBA line is just in between the NBA and the college line. It's a little closer um, than the N- NBA line. It's very similar to what the college line is, and um, what that does is that allows a lot more of your fours and fives, your bigs in the FIBA game, um, to be a threat to shoot a three. Uh, yes, the game has expanded and, and translated and moved into everybody being able to shoot it or at least uh have the be a threat to shoot it but you know with the fact that it is you know a good two feet or so uh closer than the nba line uh there is uh even more threat so you kind of got to got you've got to get out as a big and guard that perimeter three-point line which if you're not the greatest laterally um you're gonna have problems keeping guys uh, uh in front of you off the bounce whether it's a four or five on the other team that can stretch it uh and attack you off the dribble or maybe play in, in dribble handoff situations or, or quick throws into pick and rolls which is some of the offensive concepts that you see a lot in international basketball just quicker decisions getting the ball from one side to the other misdirection actions really to get the ball set back up to to create an angle for um the action that they're really looking for a um, couple of the other ones that, you know, that I don't think have a, a tremendous impact on the game, but um, they they definitely are different. Um, jump balls uh, are, are alternating possessions, so different than the NBA, similar to college. Um, technical fouls, it's one free throw and possession of the ball, so that is very similar to the NBA. Um, goaltending, a lot of people really kind of get interested and excited about this one uh, of being a difference, but I don't think it makes a ton of impact on the overall game because you might only see one of these uh, a game, and that's the goaltending basket interference rule. So in a normal, what normal is considered in, in the U.S. that you're used to is uh, goaltending is anytime the ball is on the rim, you knock it off, or anytime the ball hits gets to the apex, the top of its arc, and begins its downward descent towards the rim. Whether it's got a chance to go in or not, you cannot touch the basketball. Um, so that's consistent throughout America with high school, college, and in the NBA. Um, when it gets to the apex and it's going on its way down, that is also consistent with European basketball. You cannot block that shot. But in FIBA basketball, international basketball, the second the ball hits the rim, you can knock it off. Um, so if it's kind of sitting on the rim, maybe a free throw, um, it ball sitting on the rim, uh, you can jump up and knock it off. And you actually saw that in the gold medal game. I believe it was Draymond Green with about two and a half minutes left in the game against France. Uh, I believe it was Nando DiColo um, took a free throw, and it was about a six or seven point game. And uh, Draymond Green was was aware. He 
jumped up, knocked the ball off the rim, saved one point, um, which wasn't the determining factor in the game. But at the same time, you can see um, the impact that it can have, especially in a close game uh, down the stretch where maybe free throws are going to uh, dictate, um, you know, the outcome of the game. Uh, you know, it's it's something that gets talked about a lot. But again, I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's anything that's really going to uh, translate or transfer over here to the NBA at any time. It is an interesting play in that I think it does create some excitement because it's different and people, whoa, what just happened? Um, so you kind of have to know the rules. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, one of the other differences is, um, you know, the, the, the FIBA game is just like college. Uh, you can play any type of defense you want. You can play zone, you can play man, you can trap. Where in the NBA, you, you can play I like to call it quasi zone. Um, it's it's the look of a zone, but it really isn't um, because you can't stay in the lane for more than three seconds. So whatever you usually you would have your big big man in the key. Well, if you're a smart offensive team and you know in the NBA they're going to be they're in a zone or trying to be in a zone, you would move that player as far away from from the basket as possible or change up your 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 lineup to be able to have a a shooting perimeter where that defensive big who's camping in the key to give it a zone look has to respect and and uh honor th- that that opponent. But, you know, with that NBA defensive legal three seconds. Um, you'll see a guy in the key for three seconds at three seconds. Well, he's got 2.9 seconds at three seconds. He's got to get out of the key. Um, and so it's a form of a zone, but not really a zone. Uh, and which is one reason it's really hard to teach uh, effectively and efficiently and, and to do. So that's one reason you don't see a lot of, uh, NBA teams running zone, but though, you know, those are just a couple of the, the rules that, that are differences, but the ones that I think have the biggest amount of impact, uh, in differences. And I think these are, um, I think there's a number of reasons why uh, Team USA maybe struggled early, but once they got things figured out, obviously they're they're easily the best team in the country, and I'll t- touch on that stuff uh, in a second. But the two rules I think that are that have the biggest impact um, in in the differences, but I also wish uh, the NBA would take a look at at least the first one. Um, I think it would really do a lot um, for speeding up the game for uh excitement of the game and and placing it back on um making plays and and that is uh timeouts in in the american game in the nba you get six regular timeouts and you get two additional uh in in overtimes um and you what you see is you know media timeouts that are designated that have to happen. Um, and it really slows the game down in particular, it slows the game down, uh, at the end of the game, uh, NCAA in college, you get four regular timeouts, uh, a 30. Um, and just like in the NBA where we talked about, uh, media timeouts, same thing in college, you've got one coming at the under 16, whistle under 12 8 4 etc in both halves and so you're slotted kind of understanding and knowing that um say a coach does not call a timeout for either side because both coaches like how the game's going they don't have any corrections to make they don't have any substitutions to make um you'll see a great flow to a game but then if it's under one of those 
minutes that I mentioned, there's a dead ball, boom, it's an automatic timeout that will be credited uh, to the team that it's kind of uh, uh, patterned to because there's a back and forth with which team uh, gets credited that timeout. But in the international game, in FIBA, you only get two um, timeouts in the first half and you get three in the second, but you can only use two of those timeouts in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. And I love this. And, and the other thing on the timeout situation is they're not carried over. So if you don't use your two timeouts in the first half, you don't get to carry them over to the second half. Um, so you would really, what you see is um, valuing your timeouts um, and keeping a hold of those until you know the last part of the game for strategy. But then with that, keeping those timeouts, you have to be very good with those timeouts as a coach of having a message, having a philosophy, and then having players able to take that, um, whether it's a set, whether it's a concept, uh, whether it's uh, something different you're trying to do um, on either end of the, of the court, offensively or defensively, and go um, execute that. And I think that's something that, you know, many times you watch – uh, it doesn't always happen in college, even though it can, but especially in the NBA because of um, reviews and uh, challenges now and, you know, the, the, the fact that there are so many timeouts. You can see a, a last two minutes of a game last 35 minutes. Uh, both in the NBA and college. You're not going to see that in the FIBA game. Um, they do a great job of keeping those timeouts to 60 seconds, getting right back to it. If you watched any of the games on the Olympics, you would see those uh, timeouts when it went to commercial break, though it was, didn't drag on. The NBC or the Peacock Network, whoever was um, televising the game, broadcasting the games, did a really good job getting it right back um, because, you know, those those FIBA officials don't mess around. They're, they keep things um, uh, in line, on time, and going as they should. Um, so those, those timeouts become even more crucial um, to save. So if you really need it going down the stretch of a game uh, to go over something with your team, you've got them. Um, so I would love to see that change in, in the NBA or in the NCAA is limiting timeouts. Um, the other one would be fouls. In FIBA, you only get five fouls, same as in the NCAA. Um, you know, NBA, it's a longer game and you get six fouls. Um, you know, there has been talk of the NCAA expanding um, the foul count for players to go from five to six. Um, you know, what that essentially would do is that it would allow your quote unquote best players to not worry so much about foul problems. Um, it would alleviate some some rotational decisions that coaches have to make but I, I like the NCA staying with five fouls I don't want the NBA to change and I really like the difference of, of FIBA with professionals you know only getting five fouls yes it's a shorter game um, but you get put in a position where um, you you really have to kind of manage the game and, and, and the risks that you take defensively or um, you know the the physical play that you have 
when to play physical and jam a cutter or bump a screen or, or go for a rebound that may be out of your area um, to, to limit your chances to get uh, put in a position to get called for a foul. So those are some of the rule differences that, that really um, may have caught someone's eye as they're watching the Olympics or may have heard some discussion uh, about the games um, and not 100% sure what some of those were. Um, you know, but to, to now kind of touch on, you know, the differences of the game and the differences of approach in the game and the differences of the players and the skill sets and and the, um, implementation of, of game plans. That's really where this, the, the games are so much different. You know, you grow up in the U S um, you see so much NBA basketball because the players are so good and the NBA is just a marketing. Uh, they're, they're just geniuses at marketing the game and getting excitement around certain players. So in it, with that, there is a lot of focus on individual player and more on isolation, uh, basketball and individual skill sets, um, and talents. And that's great. And, and I think that's, that's, that, that is awesome to see. Um, and I do think that, you know, when you have one of the players in the NBA that is head and shoulders above, um, other guys, you need to put them in, in situations where they're making decisions with the basketball. They have an isolation, whether it's on a wing or top or, or a pick and roll with space to let them create. You need to do that. You want to do that, but you see that, uh, so much more, uh, in the NBA than you do in FIBA. And because of that, there is an adjustment that us team USA has to make, to going from playing a certain way, really 11 months out of the year, to then having to get a cram course on international basketball and how to attack international defenses, uh, and then also how to guard international defenses um, in a short span. You, you saw Team USA really struggled um, early. They lost the two games, uh, the, um, the exhibition games in Las Vegas, Nigeria, and Australia. And what you saw in those games was Team USA still trying to find their way, still trying to find their roles. Who's going to have the ball in this situation in a tight game? Um, what is our spacing going to look like? How quickly do we get the ball swung from one side to the other to take advantage of opportunities? And you you saw guys not quite sure and understanding where the ball needs to be, how quickly it needs to be moved. Um, but that's understandable because maybe three or four practices um, or days of practices before getting into those uh, exhibition games. By the time they got um, to Tokyo in the Olympics, things were looking much, much better. Um, but they they got beat by a really good French team uh, in, in, in pool play. Um, but you better believe that that kind of uh, kind of stoked a fire under those guys, and they played really well after that. And then they, they, they handled a, a really good effort from France in, in the title game, in the, in the gold medal game to pull away. But the biggest difference for, for USA guys, uh, and you can say all you want, well, they didn't get the 12 best players. Well, after the initial dream team in 92, and maybe you can, you can even say, you know, the 96 uh, team that, that was in Atlanta, maybe after those two teams, Team USA hasn't had the quote unquote 12 best players, um, maybe not not just in the world, but in the NBA on their team anymore. And so they've had to really do a better job of 
of finding guys where they're at in their careers, both time, health, uh, contract status, um, what's important to them still in, in, in their careers. Do they want to compete and represent their country or they just um, need to get some, get a break for health-wise to extend their career in the NBA? So there's so many things that go into creating these rosters uh, and then the fact that the rosters have to blend together international play there's a premium on shooting and there's a premium on on versatility um, and you see that when when the rosters are put together but with that it takes time for rosters to gel and it definitely took time this year uh, Greg Popovich got you know quite a bit of criticism early um, but he he got those guys to buy in to understand of how they were needed to play if they were going to have success and it obviously ended in the gold medal I think one of the great things about that is if you watch the games and you see it came down to Team USA having the best player um, on the floor pretty much every night and Kevin Durant push comes a shove give Kevin Durant the ball. Um, and Kevin Durant has done a tremendous job of, of buying into team USA and understanding the differences between the two styles of the game. Um, so those are some of the, the struggles and issues for team USA on the flip side for FIBA, you know, with these teams coming into the Olympics, obviously team USA has been, you know, the gold standard for, for, teams and countries to want to compete against in basketball um, and, and they've improved every single year since that initial 92 dream team um, they've improved because of the ability of, of American coaches to go out and teach the game across the world they've improved thoughts and ideas through through uh, technology whether it be synergy whether it be um, social media sharing of, of coaching notes and clinics and, and skill development series and videos um, that's that's really helped many players uh, improve in FIBA basketball but in particular they play the game the style of game that is played in the Olympics they play that since they grow up they the spacing the versatility the the physical play um, they've played that from the time they were young so there is no adjustment like Team USA has um, to how the game is played and how the game is called they also play for pride of their country you know there is um for a lot of people a lot of players a lot of athletes there is no greater pride than to be have the opportunity to play for your country and you see that a lot of times in international basketball events and you see that um especially at the olympic stage i had the chance to play for team usa um back in 2001 so it was nearly 20 years ago um i played for uh, Team USA in the World University Games, and it was a very uh, I I was very proud. I was very um, excited to represent my country, and I saw that firsthand from other teams that we played against as well. Um, you know, just the joy that they played with, uh, the the excitement that they had to represent their country, and I think that is a, a big thing that has to be looked at um with FIBA and international basketball especially when you look at um you know the Olympics and, and some of the performances that just happened and with those performances because as I mentioned players grow up playing a certain way and understanding FIBA rules or and understanding pride of playing for your country and maybe with your national team you're a featured player 
And so you're going to have more opportunities. You're going to play with more of a confidence uh, than you would if you, if you were to be an international player playing in the NBA. Um, you get a chance to just go out there and, and play. I, I don't want to say with a reckless abandon, but just with a confidence and, and a passion for the game that, that many times the rest of your career is unmatched. And there was three uh, performances in the Olympics that I think really kind of show that. Uh, or three players in the Olympics that can kind of really show that some of them were initial or specific performances. Uh, the first one would be Luka Doncic. I mean, I mentioned Kevin Durant might be the best player in the world. Well, Luka Doncic is right up there with Slovenia. Slovenia had never been in uh, the Olympics before, and they get all the way to uh, the medal rounds. And they lost uh, in the semis, and then they lost to Australia in the um, bronze medal game, but the for the one game in pool play where he had 48 points, um, second most uh, points ever scored by an individual uh, in an Olympics games behind Oscar Schmidt of, of Brazil. Um, it's pretty darn impressive. Um, two others that quickly jumped to mind would be Patty Mills with, with Australia. Uh, he's been in the Olympics a couple times now with Australia. He's been in the NBA for 10, 12 years, um, played at St. Mary's. He's a a good, really good NBA player. Um, but you put him on that that international stage playing for his, his national team, um, and he becomes an even better player. I mean, he had 42 points in the in the bronze medal game to, to secure that, which is Australia's highest finish. And then the other player, uh, Evan Fournier from France. He's been in the NBA for six or seven years. Really good player, skilled, tough. Um, but he's never been, you know, a, a guy that would be featured on any NBA team as far as, um, give him the ball and he's going to go get you buckets. Um, but in, in the Olympics and in France, uh, he played extremely well. And you even saw a couple of the comments that team USA guys made that guys just play a little differently. They play with more confidence. They play with more freedom. And that was absolutely evident, uh, for Evan Fournier with France in the Olympics. So Olympics are over. It was it was a lot of fun uh, to watch some of those games. Didn't watch a ton of them. Um, I'm not big on on seeing all the 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 political messages that are out there with with different sports and, and stances that people have. Yeah, I respect the the ability to have um, stances, but to me, the Olympics is about um, athletics. It's about representing your country and having pride of giving your best in a setting where you're also representing your country. Um, and those are just a couple of the unique differences um, that I see between the NBA game and the FIBA game. Um, but it was great to see Team USA come away with the gold. I think Kevin Durant left no doubt that he is the best player in the world. And uh, for another episode of the ISO with SB Live Sports, I'm Dan Dickow. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.